With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There'll be spectacle. There'll be fantasy. There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. There'll be heroes bold, there'll be comedy, and a lot of fuss that ends for us real happily. We can watch it all develop starring everybody and me. We'll take the world and set it on its ear. Come on, join in. We're gonna start right here. And we are gonna start right here. Hello and welcome to another Rattledgeon Broadcasting Network premiere podcast triple feature. I am joined by a man who, uh, first of all, I am Mr. Mark Rattledge, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. But more importantly, all and all anyone really cares about is that the man to my left is going to buy you a fifth sandwich. <laughs> Yes. Hello, Mr. Mark Radley. Uh, I have my Cabathia, and uh, I would like to buy you a fish sandwich, I would if love you a will. Fish, I would love a fish sandwich from you, uh, Jason Teasley. Yes, it's, Jason, it's, it's the protocol son, Jason Teasley. He is here. And if you're wondering why I'm like looking around, is because I think I sat on my phone. I just heard something <laughs> vibrate underneath me. There it that is. is. <laughs> I got my fish sandwich and my Christmas goose. There you um, go. <laughs> all right. So we are finishing up uh, Black History Month, a celebration of black cinema, as we <laughs> like to do here. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is serious. We are looking at we are looking at the wide breadth, the historical significance of black cinema in the lexicon of cinema. Don't you understand? I just well, noticed your name, damn it. What a tay. <laughs> what a tay. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, what a what a great last show to do black cinema on uh, We're covering Pootie Tang, <laughs> ladies, the ladies' man, and Soul Plane. Uh, you know, we do run the gambit here. We we did have a very we had quite a few very serious shows. Yes. Uh, doing doing deep dives into like black exploitation and everything. So this we're going to end this on a good note, on a high note, mm-hmm. and we're going to look at some of the uh, more comedic sides of black cinema that are yeah. staples. These are these are almost modern day black exploitation films. You know, they're like, oh, black exploitation, that was a thing of the 70s. No, no. <laughs> We're still making these. These are all like 2000, 2001, and 2004. And they say right in the description, modern black exploitation. And it, it, if I could be serious for just a moment, I know people, 
I think recognize that I'm doing this somewhat tongue in cheek, you know, a celebration of black cinema, Pootie Tang, and like mm, <laughs> mildly racist. No, here's the thing: there are just as many dumb, just as many exploitive, just as many stupid, uh, badly made movies starring all white people. I think when it comes to examining a culture cinema, you should examine it all: the good, the bad, and the ugly. We did Spike, you know, we did Shaft, we did, um, we did Pam, we have Pam Greer, Blackula, and um, Superfly, you know, the early black exploitation films. We did, you know, I put, I threw The Wire out there as, uh, as part of this, though that was a re air, you know, and now, uh, I, as I mentioned, we did Spike Lee. And if we had had more time, I, you know, if I could have done more shows with the Protocol Sun, what a day, what a day. I would have. I would have absolutely looked at, you know, maybe um, movie starring Denzel Washington. I would have looked at movies nominated for Best Pictures that are uh, majority African-American. So it's just this time limited. And I, I think the I think in the rush and sort of tripping over oneself to uh, celebrate something or talk about how wonderful it is, everyone just wants to ignore the bad. But here's the thing. And, and this is the point that I want to drive home. None of these people were, were held at gunpoint. Or had no other options but to do these movies. These are, you know, the Pootie Tang is a Chris Rock movie. The Ladies Man stars Tim Meadows, who is a player on SNL. This was his thing. Everybody in Soul Plane, as bad as that movie is, looks like they are having the time of their life. And many of them had other other gigs. So it's not like it's the only game in town. These people elected to make these things. Can we not treat african-american people in their culture like it's a faberge freaking egg and just say sometimes we just want to make dumb stupid movies for people to laugh at and go home and you know move on with their life and there's nothing wrong with that yeah um we we did dive into the serious stuff but we also got to examine the the ridiculous the silly stuff mm. because uh it's a the, part of the life it's part of life's journey all of it yeah, Ladies Man was a skit on SNL, and it came up when the uh, a lot of the skits in SNL were getting movies such as Not mm -hmm. the Roxbury, uh, yeah. Superstar, right? Ladies Man, um, Pat for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's Pat. Um, yeah, I mean that's this came into that that exploit exploit of famous Saturday night skits that they mm -hmm. thought would make good movies. Uh, Pootie Tang, Chris Rock. This was a Chris Rock love project. To yeah. Say, uh, him honoring uh, 70 cinema. Uh, so right. plain, and, I, and I don't know so if you know plain, this or not, but Chris Rock's been in one or two other movies. A couple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> plain was just, I think that it was just a, a idea. It was like, let's just, have something ridiculous mm -hmm. let's get a it's got a, a pretty solid cast i mean what i mean i know i mean i would not necessarily compare mel brooks you know the height of mel brooks movies to soul plane don't get me wrong but no. you know mel brooks made some silly movies um there have been you know just some ridiculous parodies out there there have been just over the top stupid comedies i mean look at the early 2000 like return to sex romp comedies, uh, you know, or yeah. gross out humor. We talked about this in the chat one day. Um, you know, the, the sex comedy sort of dies out shortly after the 90s began. I think like, like its last death throws were American Pie. But um, 
there was all you know, but that but that sort of became gross out and gross out and drug humor. Um, yeah. so like uh, something about Mary is what I'm thinking about. Well, look yeah, at, look, I mean these these are not highbrow movies, <laughs> you know. No, and I and I think like you know, so Kevin Hart's the big star of Soul Plane, and again, he he doesn't look like he's there by force. He looks like he's having a good time. You know, this is this. I didn't realize Sofia Vergara was in this. Yeah, before she was, before she was in Modern Family, uh, which is where uh, everyone knows her from. You know, Method Man's there and he's having a good time. Monique's there; she's having a good time, and it's like Tom Arnold, Snoop yeah. Dogg. So that's it. You know, when so yes, I'm there is definitely a degree of tongue in cheek, but that's me. That's who I am. Um, but there's also a legitimate argument to be made that these are movies that deserve to. Not at length, but they do deserve to be talked about. And they, you know, it this corner of black cinema deserves, deserves as much a look as the high end stuff. Yeah, I mean, we could have picked, you know, the scary movie franchise, um, White Chicks. You know, all these kind of go in the same. I think vein. you did. I think, I think, I think in this grouping, when we were, we were like, "What are we going to end with?" We really need to go out with a bang. And you were like, "Booty Tang" and the ladies, man. And then I think you were like, "White chicks," and I was like, "Veto." <laughs> like, I, I, so I, I, I will, I will swallow crow. We did go back and look. I did pitch Booty mm-hmm. Tang. Yes, so I will, I will publicly apologize. That <laughs> I, I, I did pitch Booty Tang. I, I, w- I was kicking and screaming that I did not. But we went, went to the. The digital records yep. I did almost a year ago. I pitched Pooty Day and totally forgot about it. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, um, a lot. You got to think you have like uh, a movie that me and you quote all the time. Don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a really good one. You know, you got the scary movies. Um, you've got white chicks. I'm trying to think. Some going ones. going back to the early '80s, that was a parody of the black exploitation films. You have, um, I'm going to get you sucker. Yeah, which is in like my top twenty favorite films of all time. Uh, you, what's that, you, Bill Cosby? You, you can take the stairs or the window. <laughs> Kiss my natural black ass. <laughs> and hey, you got. I mean, you got Leonard Six that was out in the. 80s. Oh my God, Leonard Part Six. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like and, yeah. you know, someone that we were gonna, we're going to tackle next year, assuming we're also doing this and we have a planet, um, is Eddie Murphy. And I think we we picked like three Eddie Murphy films. But Jesus Christ, his also run the gamut of like you know, Oscar worthy and Pluto Nash. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you know, as many as Denzel, you know, we've got we've got Black History next year. We're already, you know, we're already got some sc- shows scheduled, and we're going to tackle some of the other things. This, mm-hmm. like you said, we had time constraint. You know, this was kind of we didn't really have a real set plan. We were just going. No, to I, I I went out of my way to irritate as many people as possible with this year's selections. <laughs> oh, that, well, I'm just saying. I mean, we we do as good. Once I said I wanted to do more shows, he was like, "Okay, we'll do Black History Month together." And I, and I <laughs> sold my ginger soul to you for the for the month. Um, and we've done some great movies. Some of these movies that have, you know, have had impact on cinema that I have not mm-hmm. seen. Some of these movies that, you know, like Ladies Man, I absolutely love. Yeah. Simply just to have on, you know, just if you're having a, you're in that funk and you just need to get out of a funk, you just need something that is mind numbingly just mm-hmm. enjoyment to throw on Ladies Man. So, yeah, uh, this genre. 
and this black modern black exploitation is something that also needs to be uh, looked into because it also has impact on films because this was a sect of movies that were popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. All right. So let's get into Pootie Tang. Uh, Pootie Tang came Pudita. out. Pootie Tang. Uh, d- does not even hit the 90 minute mark, by the way. Uh, this is this came out June 29, 2001. It had a budget of seven million. It did not make its budget, it earned 3.3. Oh. Yeah, these, these, these were all, I think, bombs. Um, Pootie Tang was written and directed by Louis C.K., who has since been Me Too'd. Uh, adapted from a comedy sketch that first appeared on the Chris Rock show, the character Pootie Tang is a satire of the stereotyped action heroes who appeared in old black exploitation films. It all comes around. The title character speech vaguely remembers Pigeon and is mostly unintelligible to the audience, but the other characters in the film have no problem understanding him. It has acquired a cult following, and I can see why if you like this kind of film. Um, I, I, found, I thought this was hilarious. Uh, so the plot is such as it is. <laughs> Pootie Tang, born in a small town outside Gary, Indiana, is portrayed as a ladies' man who is too cool for words. Even as a young child, his life is marked by the deaths of his mother, Mama D, and shortly thereafter, his father, Daddy Tang, who dies after being mauled <laughs> by a gorilla. <laughs> the, the, only the third mauling by a gorilla in the steel mill. <laughs> that was very Zucker Brothers, by the way. I, yeah. I, I, I snorted at that. Uh, mauled by a gorilla during his shift to the steel mill. Uh, just before Daddy Tang's death, Pootie <clears throat> inherits his father's belt and is told that as long as he is on the, he has uh, right on his side, he can whoop anyone's ass with just that belt. And uses his dying breath to warn his son to not let the ladies get between him and the belt. As a young adult, Pootie Tang rises to fame and becomes well-known for a variety of reasons. He sings in nightclubs, stars in public service announcements for children, produces top-of-the-charts music hits, and generally defeats wrongdoers <laughs> with the power of his belt. And his hair, by the way. Did you see him deflecting bullets with his ponytail? Yeah, yeah the Matrix the Matrix is. <laughs> <laughs> to the to a great this had a great soundtrack too. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that momentarily. Uh, Dick Lecter, the chief operating officer of multi-industrial conglomerate Lecter Corp, learns of Pootie Tang's positive influence on society and his negative influence on Lecter Corp's bottom line. After his henchmen and a villain named Dirty D are sent away by Pootie's friends, Lecter encourages his right-hand lady Irene to seduce Pootie Tang to signing an agreement with Lecter Corp. That would stop Pootie Tang's influence on America's children. Pootie Tang falls for Irene's tricks and subsequently falls apart. His status as a pop culture icon is destroyed, and he engages on a quest to find himself. This journey is encouraged by his friend Biggie Shorty, <laughs> who promises to wait for Pootie to return to her and to the rest of society. Pootie moves to a farm where the local sheriff decides Pootie should start dating his daughter. <laughs> Uh, after his single cornstalk dies, he has a vision of Daddy Tang and Mommy D. <laughs> Which Daddy Tang- the, the, the cow, Mommy D is the cow, was hilarious. Yes. Daddy Tang reveals that there is nothing special about Pootie's belt. Instead, Pootie <laughs> must fight the evil with the goodness that is inside him. After dealing with Dirty D and his henchman Froggy, as well as getting his belt back, Pootie realized he must move back to the city and fight crime once again. Pootie Tang returned to the city just as Dick Lecter is unveiling the first of his new restaurant chain, Pootie's Bad Time Burgers. At a small news conference, Pootie confronts Lecter, only to discover that Lecter has amassed dozens of Pootie likes, who will be who will <laughs> spread the message of Lecter Corp around the nation. 
Hootie Tang, with the help of Biggie Shorty, defeats all of these henchmen and Lecter himself. Good triumphs over evil once again, and Biggie Shorty finally gets her man. She and Pootie Tang plan to get married now that Pootie is back. Elsewhere, Dick Lecter leaves corporate life and becomes an actor. Irene leaves him and becomes a counselor, helping at-risk teenage prostitutes. And Dirty D, Jason Teasley, is still dirty. All right. So this movie is flipping hilarious, dude. Like, I I didn't realize what this was. I, I knew of Hootie Tang, but I never watched the Chris Rock show, so I didn't get that this... I When you were like, we should do this, I'm like, I don't know what this is. It sounds like crap. And then, I re- and then I'm watching this. I'm like, oh my... First of all, when Reggie Cathy and J.D. Williams showed up, both <laughs> of which were from Oz and The Wire, I was like, holy crap! And then, you know, and I'm starting to notice other actors in this that I like. Dave Attell, whose show on, I think, Comedy Central, where he was yeah, bar hopping. Up, up all night. Yeah, I used to love Dave Attell. Laura Keitlinger, I don't know if you're familiar with her comedy. Um, she never got a lot of movie roles, but her comedy was, I thought, was always very solid. She's in this. I'm like, that's why I was like, I told you I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, it's a Laura Keitlinger sighting. Um, just like this has got a crazy cast to it, and it's and it's a parody of exploitation film, black exploitation films, and they nailed it, man. Like it's a very it's you can tell this movie as dumb as it is, but considering the source material that it's parodying, how could it not be? They there was great craft and care involved in looking at what the pillars of a of your typical black seventies black exploitation movie is and saying how are we going to send this up? This was totally reminiscent of like I'm going to get you sucker and later on don't be a menace dot dot dot. Um, in that these people knew the material, knew what's funny about it knew what there is to be snickered at and that becomes the text of the movie and i'm here for it man i cried watching this thing yeah i think he was like five minutes in and i got a message it was like oh my god what do you tell me about this cast i was like okay but this is honestly uh, yeah i don't know why you don't know the weight of my heart at this point because everybody else (laughs) does just say they've got people from the wire in there it'll be fine and suddenly my pants are off i'm like here we go (laughs) But uh, this is this runs uh, uh, the gambit. Uh, this is basically a parody of Superfly. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to break it down like that, yeah. Um, and it is it is hilarious. Uh, some of the just the sight gags are hilarious. <laughs> it's like you know, right off the the bat, it goes, "Well, how do I know your dr- drugs are good?" And it just says, then all of a sudden, the kid on a bicycle <laughs> appears and it goes, "Come here, kid," <laughs> and then Pootie shows up. Um, there's oh another really funny side gag and like there is no craft review here we're just gonna name a bunch of stuff yeah. we like 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 girls and like all right move on but when they when they show Pootie tang as a little kid and you know and he was and he was quite the ladies man and there's a woman just ah Pootie, i'll take you and you just and she's like throwing shit at him out the window and she grabs a tricycle it was a big like a big wheel yeah window oh dude i couldn't breathe <laughs> and, and then and then says i don't want you come back pootie i love you and he's like four years old four five years old <laughs> yeah and uh then he goes on and, and there's the implication that he was uh he was adopted by hugh hefner in the playboy mm-hmm. mansion and that's right. how he learned to become the, a ladies man it, it's it's friends the gambit of hilarious uh, the, and I, at the very end with Bob Costas, sorry, Bob <laughs> Costas and and so it's Lance Crowther who plays uh, Booty Tank. They had such funny chemistry together on air. But the very end where 
like Pootie Tang says something to him and, and he like almost mispronounces the way he would normally say it. And Bob Costas is like ready to hit him. It was like it was like yeah. an interview with Vince McMahon, but in reverse. <laughs> he's like, "What did you say?" Like Bob, Cos- like, like Bob, he starts mean mocking him. Hey, like, yeah. Bob Costas got, got you know got puffed his chest out. He's like, "How? What did you say, Pootie Tang?" And Pootie Tang's like, uh, "Sadate." And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not a big Wanda Sykes fan. Uh, um. Yeah. That, but in this movie, in her defense, her early comedy is very funny. Yeah, like, yeah. This and Over the Hedge is about the the extent that I like her in movies. Now, like you said, her early comedy is not bad, uh, yeah. but uh, she went downhill quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the 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 role she plays it is is just so. Yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, when, and what the best line she has is when when the old guy pulls up. Oh like, yeah, hey, you want a prostitute? And, and she goes, "Why do you think? What makes you think that if I'm out here dancing and I'm dressed all pretty with with all all these whores that I'm a prostitute?" It's like, <laughs> and then the white guy's so good. He's like, "Because y'all, <laughs> yeah, wax him." <laughs> yeah, she just hits you with per. Yeah, this was like I said. I mean, if you're looking for you know, deep, uh, thought-provoking. This is not not a movie to watch. Well, here, here's what I like about it, and I like. I think every culture should take a good hard look at itself. Know where you know where its good is. Know where to take its pride, but also knows where some of its deficits are in the more stupider parts of its culture. Oh yeah, and. This is speaking to those things. Like Wanda Sykes knew exactly what she was doing when she was doing her little dance there. Oh yeah. There's people they see like that. Like I think, like just to kind of link this back to do the right thing. We were talking about Spike Lee wanting to open a window into this world and show the people that inhabit that universe day to day that don't get talked about. That are you know they they are the you know the, the silent majority essentially. You know, that never gets acknowledged. And Spike is like, no, these are people. These They have stories. They have a voice. And I want to show them. I want to show them to the world. That was do the right thing. In a way, that's kind of booty tang, where it's like, here's the here are the silliest things that the general masses just love about dumb black parts of dumb black cinema. And there's, you know, and here's one just like his contribution to it. <laughs> yeah. All of Cause, that. Because you probably would go into a neighborhood and see somebody like that. I have seen somebody like that. Um, you know, I've seen Smiley from Do the Right Thing. I've seen Wanda <laughs> Sykes from Booty Tang. Um, just, just a quick kind of run through the cast here, and then we can move on. Lance Crowther nails Booty Tang. Like him, I wonder how hard it is when you're writing the script and how much of that is improv, you know, with, with the, you know, him having to almost learn a foreign language to, to get yeah. down that dialogue. Um, the, there's a really funny gag in this. I can't remember which comedian it is. Um, but there's like Chris Rock, the guy that is always hanging out with Chris Rock. I, oh, yeah, I think it's J.B. Smooth. Is he in this? Shit. Yeah, J.B. No, uh, yeah, yeah, he's Smooth. Yeah, but that's not the one that keeps repeating everything. Um. Okay. Well, whoever whoever is like with Chris Rock most of the time, Chris Rock will like go on a like a tear about how hot it is or something, and then the guy was like, "Yeah, it's hot too," and he does this throughout the entire movie. And by the end of it, Chris likes like, "I hate you." <laughs> I I had a good laugh at that. 
because again, I have seen I have seen that kind of interaction in real life where somebody says something and the other guy just wanting to be a part of the conversation will just repeat what he said and everyone just sort of quietly like steams about it because <laughs> oh, the, guy, the guy's not was, having an original thought at all. I'm just going to start doing that in our group chat. Just <laughs> I'm just going to copy and paste. Yes, yeah, every time somebody says something, you just be like, "Yeah, happy Pokemon Day." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else about this masterpiece, Pooty Tang? No, I mean outside. I mean it. It does have a. It's got a solid, solid soundtrack. Um, it really does. Um, uh, like it's got DMX. Um, hang on. I think Before it's got we, DMX. We, before we, I'll, I'll I'll pull up the soundtrack in just a second, but before we do, I just want to go over the critical reception. So I don't know if you know there's or not. Twenty seven percent out of forty four <laughs> critics didn't love it. I don't think they got it. Um, yeah. Uh, the site's consent to say it's based on based as it is on a short skit. Pootie Tang overstays its welcome. I I kind of agree with that. Like watching this and seeing that he couldn't even make an adequate runtime, I was like, this is this feels like a skit that just went on for way too long. Well, you also got to look at this. You know, people reviewing this. What was it? Did get it? I guess was it in mm-hmm. on the joke? Didn't didn't understand. It. And yeah, is there a lot of fluff? Yeah, is there? Is it? Could it went too long? Yeah. But, I think if you don't have appreciation for the source material, you like you and you may get it still. But if you don't appreciate the source material, you're not going to appreciate the pointed sense of humor this thing has. Right, it's it's a very niche audience uh, yeah. that that it was targeting. It's not meant. I, I I'm going to say it's not meant for the masses. Though <laughs> I mean, everything is, but it, it it's in that vein of a lot of skit shows. Yeah, like we're getting ready to talk about, we're getting film deals. Yeah. So this kind of fell in that, especially. Well, when you look at something like Wayne's World. You not to go off on a tangent, but yeah, you get one success. And and you think you can replicate that success over and over and over again, and only after you've had a dozen failures do people say maybe this doesn't work with every skit we've ever done. All right. Um. So you wanted to talk about the soundtrack, and I cut you off. Uh. So go ahead and just regale me with how wonderful the soundtrack is. But I will. But let me start first. That I believe this might be the single greatest use of make them say oh by yeah. my, my master P. I have ever heard him dodging bullets and whacking the bullets with his ponytail and hitting the guys with his belt to make him say oh master p yo yeah and on the matrix style of uh dodging the bullets all the (laughs) this this that that thing but yeah i mean this is the this is the uh epitome of uh 90s rap um (laughs) In, in a movie, if you if you could definitely put '90s rap in a movie, it would be Pootie Tank. Um, so I'll like, read you some of these here. So we we've already talked about Master P, to which I say Jason Teasley of the uh, Second and Sword podcast. Na 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 na. Um, Pootie Tang. Uh, 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 Pootie Tangin by Seven O Two. Dirty D performed by Magic and Master P. Coming up, Sompin by E Forty and Sugar T. Poison by Belviv DeVoe. Yeah. Make him say, okay, we already talked about make him say, oh, uh, with like half the people <laughs> in, in the, whatever the masterpiece group was. No Southern, Limit Soldiers. The No Limit Soldiers, that's right. Uh, Southern Girl by Erica Badu and Rozelle. Uh, I Should Have Told You by Ideal, I Want to Be Your Man by Zap. 
A Woman Needs to Be Loved by KK. You know how we do Jason Teasley by Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> you know I was what? not aware that Shaq had a song on this. <laughs> Certainly does, Ollie. Wow. Uh, you know what? By Lil J and Yesterday by Roscoe and Nate Dogg. Why Pootie? Why? Performed by Carl Glanton. And finally, Oh to Pootie. Um, well, we, you, you forgot the most important song. Oh, it's not on the soundtrack. What, it, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. The most so, important song. So remember when we used to just have an audio format? What Jason is referencing <laughs> is there's a there's a really funny bit where, like, oh, it's Pootie Tang's new single, and it's just it's Chris Rock as a DJ, and he basically makes, like, the crusty face. And yeah. There's, like, a, and there's, like, a 10 seconds of silence. And he's like, all right, that was great. <laughs> yeah, you have you have a break like they play it on the radio and you see these people just like bugging out dancing <laughs> like to complete silence. I love Chris Rock, who again knew the assignment, obviously, when he's just like writhing all over the desk and smearing the records on him. It's like, oh booty tang! Booty tang! <laughs> oh, we on love the, it. On the floor gasping for air. But you know, Jason Teasley, if you who I know you like to make him say, uh, is what I've been told. Do you know where you can make him say, uh? What a tie. What a tie. It's not a tie. It's not a tie, you're what a tie. Um, Indeed. And, and you can set a tie, you're what a tie on Amazon Music. <laughs> it's the most fun show I've done in a while. Um, <laughs> on Amazon Music. Get Amazon. <laughs> And we broke Jason Teasley. You can sign oh, your Wuda tie on getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network for your free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. All right, let's move on. Our next movie, this was the one that Jason pitched as like the anchor for this thing. And I'm like, no, it's got to be Pootie Tang. And that is The Ladies' Man from 2000 starring Tim Meadows. The Ladies' Man, as we said before, began its life as a sketch on Saturday Night Live. And um, it also starts Karen Parsons, Billy D. Williams, Tiffany Thiessen, Lee Evans, and Will Ferrell, um, which I was really shocked to see Will Ferrell was in this. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe like Saturday like, Night Live skit. Yeah, like this also has like a pretty deep cast. Julianne Moore's in this, Eugene Levy. Um, it's pretty... Uh, Pretty good cast here. This had a budget of $24 million. It did not make its budget. Um, no. It made 13.7 and it came out October 13th, 2000. Um, all right. So, why is this your favorite movie of all time? Because it is just, it's fun. Mm. Uh, I quote this movie all the time. Uh, I, use the, I use the Leon Phelps voice anytime I go through a drive through. It is, it is one of those. One of those movies that, you know, if I'm in a funk, if I'm just having like a bad mental health day, I could just throw this on and just kill an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes mm-hmm. and just unwind and get kind of recentered because it's it's a movie that you don't have to think about mm-hmm. and you just enjoy you, the... You, you do have to appreciate Tim Meadows or this movie will not work for you. Yeah, well, well, yes. Uh, uh, his his uh, facial expressions and his mm-hmm. physical acting, just the expressions like we talked off air, uh, carry this movie a lot. Much as the well dialogue, 
because this has got some classic lines. <laughs> uh, we talked about your favorite and probably one of the funniest uh, scenes ever is the nun scene where okay, yeah. he gets he gets fired and goes. But there's certain parts of this movie that you can't watch without at least cracking a smile. Uh, I did not see this when it came out. I was not interested in a lot of these movies. You and I, <clears throat> in our, <clears throat> excuse me, you and I in our pre-show prep kind of rattled off a whole bunch of Saturday Night Live movies that came out based on the skits that um, were in the, you know, that were on Saturday Night Live. And I, like, I've never seen A Night at the Roxbury. I've not seen Superstar. I actually wasn't a big fan of this era of Saturday Night Live. Like, I like Chris Rock just fine. And some of the stuff, I, I if I, it was on, I found amusing. But um, I, I would say I was more of, like, of a Dennis Miller era fan of Saturday Night Live. And then kind of after that, if it's on, I'll watch it. But I never, it was not appointment viewing TV for me. So, like, I really had no connection to the ladies, man. And then when they made a movie of it, I was like, oh, I do not care about this. Um, having watched it now and not really focusing on that so much, just sort of enjoying the experience. Yeah, I, I have to give Tim Meadows a lot of credit. Like, his deadpan delivery of some of this stuff with the lisp and everything and that sort of cognitive dissonance that he has. <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to need you to not get us fined by the FCC. Yes, I understand that. But the way to better effect is to do it in the butt. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is some really, like, legitimately funny things about this. I don't know what it was up against when it came out in October of 2000. But I'm I'm get it, I'm guessing if it didn't make a tremendous amount of money, it was not the number one movie of the weekend. But it uh, is probably a, probably not even the number one movie of the <laughs> uh, of a very specific audience. <laughs> yeah. At all, you know, some of these movies, you know, they they try them in good faith and they don't find their audience. But I will I will tell you that having watched it, I would recommend it to other people if they just want again like a, a like a, a stupid night you know, to watch movies, a fun night to watch stupid movies. This this fits the bill. All right, so let's get into it. Um, Leon Phelps, also known as The Ladies Man, was a Saturday Night Live character played by Tim Meadows during the 1990s. The sketch was that of a broadcast program in which Phelps, a young, suave black man, would give dubious romantic advice and lovemaking tips. The Ladies Man openly proclaimed that he would court any woman at all, including skanks, providing the woman weighs no more than 250 pounds. A night of romance would generally center around a bottle of Cavassier. After finally going too far during a broadcast, this is a two-paragraph fucking plot, by the way. Um, after going too far during a broadcast, Leon is fired, but he receives a note from one of his former flames who wants him to come back to her and is willing to support him in high style. This sounds just fine with Leon, except the woman didn't sign her name, and now Leon has to backtrack through his numerous conquests of the past to figure out who wants him to work his love magic. Meanwhile, a secret group called the Victims of, Smi of the Smiling Ass, VSA for short, consists of angry husbands and boyfriends whose women have cheated with Leon, have discovered Leon as their target, and now are hot on his trail, eager to get revenge. You know, there are some tortured plots <laughs> that yeah. I've seen. There are some, like, we need to stretch this, stretch this three-minute sketch, the seven-minute sketch, into a 90-minute movie, and they gave it the, I mean, like, it's a funny movie despite all of that. But this is, again, it doesn't even reach the 90-minute mark. Um, this this is them trying to pull something out of this idea. Um, and it works well enough to get you from point A to point B. But this is the thinnest of thin plots. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh... 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it brings it all together in there. And when he does find his sweet thing, that... uh <laughs> He does find her, and we realize that uh, him and his wrestling buddy are 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 they they are gay, and he is living in the closet. And <laughs> but um, are you gonna do this whole thing in the Tim Meadows voice? Yes, because then I'm gonna call yes, Robert Cooper, and I'm gonna have you doing the ladies' man, and he can do Bane, and you guys can finish the podcast together. Uh, oh, that that would be good. He could be my sweet saying, <laughs> uh, and then you could do it in the butt. And and then uh, once we caress and you look deeply into his eyes and then you do it in the butt. Uh, no, but this... I was I was born in the darkness, Batman, where we did it in the butt. That's my but terrible bane. We, we was, bane I was I was born in prison where they do it in the butt. There's uh, <laughs> your YouTube clip. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. It's it's very thin. It, it's mm-hmm. it's convoluted. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to have. If you go into this looking for a a real in depth <laughs> movie, you're not going to get it. Uh, no, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And who knew Hillary Banks could could act that well? Mm-hmm. And because uh, who who doesn't love Hillary Banks? Um, but yeah, this was. I'm pretty sure that was Hillary. So what did you think of the, so one of my favorite scenes in this whole thing is where, uh, so he has the producer, who's the basically the love interest of this movie, yeah. and she has an ex-boyfriend, and she is trying to get the ex-boyfriend oh to give him a job, because he has messed up every single interview in town that he could possibly get, and it does not go well, and he and he says something nasty to her, and then, you know, he, being the hero of this picture, defends her honor, but he's a lover, don't you understand, not a fighter. And so he tricks the boyfriend into like an eating contest where it's all like gross bar food. So it was like pickled eggs, pig's feet, and it goes and goes and goes. And then what was the last thing that it turned out to just be shit? Yeah, it was human shit. Yeah. And, and they, was, they called it something. Uh, yeah. Like, like oyster knuckles or some shit like that. The backwater. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, it's scrap iron goes, boy, you just ate shit. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's just funny um mm-hmm. and, 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 and essentially because he's you know again he's not gonna he's not gonna match him with strength to strength he's not gonna match him fist to fist he outwits him so that yeah. was a, that's a really funny kind of hero scene there for our ladies man yeah and you see uh, they had great chemistry and uh, that's mm-hmm. what that's what really intrigues me about this movie is because tim meadows and uh i can't i'll call her hillary um, they have good chemistry on scene, and Karen Parsons, you mean? Yeah, Hillary Banks. Okay. Um, they have good chemistry because you you kind of actually see that she cares about him, and <laughs> and everything, but it's not beating you over the head, and that's you you have that in a lot of movies that you know you have the romantic love interests mm-hmm. they beat you over, the, and you know Tiffany Amber Thiessen. 
being a, a nice addition to this movie, sure. who was who was you know one of my uh, crushes growing up is Kelly Kapowski. So I mean, you did you get, watch our nine hundred two one zero? I did not. I've, I've never seen a, a single episode of nine hundred two one zero. Mark Rathlich. Well, you are missing out, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> you should you should binge it with your wife. You guys can make a night of it. Yeah, that's All, not like happening. Eighty-seven seasons of nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, that's not happening. I mean, yeah. All right. No. We listen when they did the revival a year or two ago. A bunch of us got together to review it, and we had a time. And you missed out because you didn't see the original. And did your periods sync up? Yes, as a matter okay. of fact, and we bled I gloriously just, everywhere. I, I just, I just want to, I just want to make sure that you guys sync your you cycle are synced not up. Not going to get me that way, buddy. <laughs> I'm just glad that your cycle synced up, man. You know, I am a, it's... I am a proud, proud, very comfortable man, and I can enjoy 90210 and Melrose Place if I want to. Anyway, so she was your, so she was your. So back to the back to the high class, you know, peak TV that was saved by the bell, of which she was your fantasy. Go on. Yes, uh, but no, I mean it's it's a good movie. It, mm-hmm. It's got the the characters work in their role mm-hmm. outside of the the whole subplot of the the husbands. <laughs> I love the uh, the line she gives him, but she you know she, he's drunk and he, and she takes him home and he lives on a houseboat and he has a waterbed <laughs> on the houseboat and she's like, why if you have a houseboat do you have a waterbed? And he just says some stupid line about it. Yeah, I, I, I just like it's little things like that which which cracks me up in this movie. And, and when he goes, well, that's where the magic happened. Where your hand is, the magic happened there. I actually had the magic happen over here on these curtains. That <laughs> that really wore me out. That was a that was a tremendous feat to get it that far. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh my god. <laughs> you're just like, what if you're like you're serious, actual like you know guy that can pull a lot of women and you have no filter that's the ladies man right and mm-hmm. and it, it's a lot of a lot of the dialect is is his delivery that yeah. makes it funny uh yeah. like i said it's not a it's not hot bro it's not can you not I know, anything since that, you're the one that repeats it all the time can you just go over the fish sandwich bit yes mark uh i will show you how this is going down i will walk up <laughs> to her and I will start off. I will drop a, a uh, how's it? He goes. I will start off with a very intimate line like, "Can I buy you a fish sandwich?" <laughs> <laughs> Did your father is your father a butcher because he stuck two fine hands down the back of your dress? <laughs> uh, I, I may have to say that at work on Wednesday when I go back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, just see how see how many times it lands me in HR. Yeah, well. <laughs> And just look at it. And go well, uh, Leon Phelps. I've been reading this book. I called into. I called in, and he told me that yes, that would be you got kicked in the scrotum. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just and it's just how he just gives the delivery of these lines. So because, we were talking. We were talking before the show started tonight. That that line in the bar, the fish sandwich line that that we've now beat to death. Yeah. But what what sells that line for me? This will be the last thing I say, and I'll let you have the last word on this movie. We'll move on. What sells that line for me and what really sells a lot of Tim Meadows' performance is not even like the lisp or even the sort of the funny things that he says. It's more of like the subtle eye movements and like facial tics that he has and some of the body language. Because when he offers to buy the white woman in the bar the fish sandwich and she's like, I don't like, let's just go home and bang. I don't need the fish sandwich. He's legitimately insulted. He's like, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like there's this like, very subtle sneer. Like he's like very annoyed that she rejected his fish. It's like, fine, don't get a fifth sandwich then. <laughs> yeah, and and it just progresses. Like I said, it's it's nothing that's going to get you no, know. It's not going to win any high awards. Uh, and, and, and you know, we go back to the the best part. Uh, you know, he's he's interviewing the old nun, and mm-hmm. he goes, "Yes, have you been?" And, and you know, it, oh damn it, I'm, glad, I'm so glad you brought this up because if we had forgotten it, I'd have hated myself. Please continue. He, he's they finally land a job at a Christian radio station, right? And he's interviewing this uh, this elderly white woman who's a nun, and just like all of the 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 conversation that he wants to make sexual and. It's like all this indo-indo. Well, hang it's on. Like, the for, the setup for this is that they finally land this gig, and he is expressly told, "You cannot mess this up. You cannot be sexual. You have to play it straight." And he is trying. Like God bless him. Like he goes into it. And he's like, "I'm trying to be serious. I'm really like." And I really related to this because I have this time. Like, like I can yeah. be I can be a bit of a silly goose at work. And there are times where, like, huh, I've probably gone a little too far here. I need to reel it back in, and I will. And I will. I will. I will mind my interactions with people. I will calm down. I will actually focus on work, which I hate to do. And you know, um, and and then something happens, and you just can't. It's too yeah. funny. And so there he is, and he's practically vibrating because like it's one of those moments where like you want like he looks at the producer and he as if he wants to say, "Am I being punked?" And I'll, and I'll let you finish because the nun is telling him about her missionary work. Yeah. And, and, and take and, it away, Jason. Uh, it, it starts out, it says, you know, she she says that she's done a lot of missionary work. And she goes, have you, <laughs> and, and, you know. No, she keeps saying, I, I, she says, I have to tell you about my missionary position. And that's when he's like. <laughs> yeah. And, and it says, have you ever been down the Yellow River? Stuff like that. And then she finally, and then, uh. What breaks him is she's like, yeah, have you ever held a missionary position? And he just breaks that. He said, yeah, there was this one time. It was twins. And then I looked up and the mother comes in with a video camera. And, and, and you know, you just see you see the producer just throw her hands up. He doesn't say they did not keep that job. No. That and, is- and then you see, and then like. After he goes on his spill, you see her have a heart attack and the ambulance and police are rolling up outside. <laughs> and, and you're like, and he, and like, uh, as he's leaving, he says, no, no, sir, it's up yours. <laughs> Do it in the butt. Um, yeah. I, I was not looking forward to this. I was like, this is going to be, too, this is going to be stupid. And, and I was watching it. I was enjoying it just fine, but it was like, eh. I'm happy to talk about it with Jason. Not everything has to be the most serious thing ever or stuff that I solely like. That's not how, contrary to popular opinion, that is not how I do things. And then the nun scene happens, and I had to text you right away. I was like, God damn it, Jason. That's that's the funniest thing I've heard all day. I I will be playing. I I think I actually posted. they, They cut that scene. It's on YouTube. They cut that scene out, and I posted the clip in our chat. I'm like this. I was done after that. I was like, I don't care what else happens in this movie. That's the funniest thing here. Yeah, him talking to the nun. All right, but I'll tell you, even though the writing was pretty good in the ladies, man, it obviously wasn't great, and it could have been better. And do you know Jason Teasley, the Protocol Son, where we can find a product that would help you with your writing? Uh, Grammarly. You are correct, sir. You win the booby prize. Yay! It's in my shirt. Um, I boobies. I win boobies. <laughs> Again, it's in my shirt. 
Uh, for you listeners of Triple Feature, Grammarly is offering the download of the uh, download of. I need Grammarly. A free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation. Spelling mistakes will also catch in contextual errors, improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. Do download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. Well, Jason picked the first two. And... I, I and then he pitched white chicks and I and I vetoed that and I'm like I can't even know. Um, so I was like, how about this to complete our black exploit modern black exploitation trifecta? And uh, we're going with Soul Plane. This is not the first time I've seen Soul Plane. I saw this crap when it came out, May twenty eighth, two thousand four. This also did not make its runtime. <laughs> it's shy of ninety minutes. Uh, it had a sixteen million dollar budget. And I think this might have been the highest earner of all three of these, though. This made $14.8 million. So Plains, a 2004 comedy directed by Jesse Torero in his feature film directorial debut. It stars Tom Arnold, Kevin Hart, Method Man, and Snoop Dogg. Supporting actors are Monique, Loni Love, Katie Auber, D.L. Hewley, Godfrey, and Sofia Vergara. The film yes. revolves around... <laughs> yeah, yes, indeedy. The film revolves around multiple characters in different scenarios on board an airplane. So Plane garnered negative reviews. I don't see how uh, from critics and gross 14 million against, as I said before. Um, so I, I'll get into the plot synopsis in just a second, but you had never seen this before. How soon into the movie were you like fucking hate Mark? Why does he, why does he do this to me? Uh, no, I mean, it took me a good 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, you, uh, you get some of the references, like mm-hmm. I said, growing up, Growing up in the '90s, uh, you have that gangster rap, the NWA mm-hmm. reference, right. the you know the um, the Kevin Hart. I love he, the, he the, does, the first. It was the first class, uh, second class, and no class. <laughs> yeah, and, and the the whole lockers that you know mm-hmm. you got to put a quarter in. Um, you know, it's, there's like subway poles in the one part of the yeah, plane. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got the subway pole and the the handles uh, that you know standing room only. Um, so yeah, the the um when I, I started cussing, it was about the baked potato scene. <laughs> uh, and, and that's that's when I realized that I was I was in for a. Um, I have uh, to say, as much as I love this movie for how bad it is, this is a so bad it's good for me. Loney Love and Monique as the TSA agents. <laughs> the TSA agents is the only thing in this movie that to this day still makes me cringe. I don't yeah. know what it is about the two. I, I, it's the it's just the loud, uh, the the loud dialogue readings, the just the overall obnoxious. Because a lot of the stuff in the movie I can live with, and Kevin Hart does his darndest to play, you know, a, a relatable character. Tom Arnold actually has a really nice moment in the movie with Kevin Hart, and then with his daughter. Um, and so there's stuff that happens in the movie that isn't the worst thing I've ever seen captured on film. But yeah, Loni Love and Monique. Look, I know there are people who can appreciate their their type of humor and their kind of line readings. To me, it still makes me cringe. Like I, yeah. I have a hard time with it. Uh, yeah, it's just that the really loud, obnoxious, mm-hmm. uh, stereotypical, yeah, uh, person. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't age well. Um, <laughs> no. Neither does neither does the the sight gag of the <laughs> the airy. <laughs> 
Iraqi guy that gets on the plane, and, you know, they harass. Uh, that doesn't go over well either. It reminded me of like a Martin Lawrence bit, where it's like white yeah. people and black people have never been more unified because now they all hate Arabs. You know? Yeah. They're like, like you see, they, he starts talking about like an Arab guy getting on an airplane. He was, you know, and he's like, me and this white boy, he wrestles, I box, we'll take you down. It's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> And you know you you have the Yin Yang Twins putting on a concert. You have, you know, it, it's it's got it's got some moments, mm-hmm. but who does it have some? I'll some tell you low points. I'm I'll, I'm gonna go right into the plot right after this, but it, the moments are are kind of in the not over the top humor though. Like there's some like there's obviously yeah. a lot of over the top humor in this. This is again it's a modern black exploitation film, black exploitation comedy, but. But there were there were kind of like quieter moments moments in the movie that actually made me laugh harder than anything else in it. Like so, there's a gag in the movie, no pun intended. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but there's a black guy in the movie who's got just a huge like rubber hose of a penis. Just you know, <laughs> I mean, this well, is... <laughs> there we go. Mark. I mean, it puts Ric Flair's baby arm to shame. Um, this this. This thing is like a Louisville slugger. And he sits down next to Tom Arnold's wife, who's this you know, skinny blonde woman. And, um, you know, and where she sees him in the magazine, then she sees him in real life. He's like, yeah, half the problem is I'm always hanging out of my shorts. And she sees the picture and there it is. Um, and and so she ends up, I don't think they ever actually show it. She just goes off with him and they never, yeah. they, you never see him again. And so Tom yes. Arnold's at the bar. He's already had like a rough interaction with his daughter. Who's just like, maybe I'll let a, you know, an entire football team teabag me. And he's like, Bruh! you know, she's 17. She's only. No, she turns 18. She, she turns 18. Yeah. Well, again, she starting is. at the movie, she's, she's only 17. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Um, everyone's like, some people Some people knew what I was just jamming to. Other people are like, what's he talking about? Winger, kids. Go listen to some winger. On Amazon Music Unlimited. Anyway, um, but, <laughs> so you know, the wife went off with the black guy. The daughter's, you know, talking about having an entire football team teabag him. The son has become like little bow wow. <laughs> the son doesn't respect yeah. him. It's like run off. And so he's just at the bar. It's like what a mess I've made of my life. And and then Kevin Hart and him are talking. Kevin Hart's not having a good day either. And so they're just sort of bonding at the bar. And then. He's like, and I think I think my wife just left me. And he's like, who's your wife? And he describes her. He's like, well, who'd she leave with? And she says who and he says who it is. He's like, and Kevin Hart just has, this has a great line delivery here. He's like, Yeah, you lost her. And, yeah. and I don't know why that line cracks me up, but it's like the way he delivered it, he's like, Yeah, she's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It still cracks me up to this day. Condolences, <laughs> man. She's gone. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Nashawn Wade, Kevin Hart claims that he has uh, loved planes since he was a child. But he had a horrible experience with a typical airline. His dog Dre is classified as checked baggage instead of a carry-on. He eats a horrible airline meal. His buttocks get stuck in the toilet while he has diarrhea caused by his meal during the turbulence. And Dre is fatally sucked through a jet engine after his student accidentally opens the cargo door. 
In response to the terrible experience he endured, Nishan sues the airline and is awarded uh, $100 million by the jury. He decides to use the money to start his own airline called NWA. Get it? Uh, Nishan Wade Airlines. Get it? Whose acronym and logo are a pop culture reference to the rap group NWA. Yet, no kidding. The airline specifically caters to African-Americans and hip-hop culture. The terminal at the airport is called the Malcolm X Terminal, where two, no, where two non-working TSA agents, Jamiqua, who's played by Monique, and Shanice, Loney Love, are goofing off instead of checking belongings. The plane, and they, and they sexually assault at least one passenger. Um, yeah. The plane is a heavily modified Boeing 747 SP, customized with low-rider hydraulic spinners, blended winglets to compensate for the drag from the decorations, and a dance club. The safety video is also a parody of Destiny's Child, the song Survivor. After taking off from Los Angeles International Airport, Nashawn must deal with a multitude of problems, starting with the uh, acrophobic captain, Captain Mac, who is played by Snoop Dogg. At a, cruising, <laughs> at a cruising altitude of flight level 330, it is revealed that he has never left the ground because he learned to fly on a computer simulator in prison. Meanwhile, his cousin Muggsy, who's played by Method Man, sets up a miniature casino and strip joint in one of the areas of the plane. Uh, and Nishan's ex-girlfriend Giselle is on board and has a less than and is less than happy to see him. Meanwhile, the Hunky family, the only Caucasian passengers on board, must also deal with their own problems. Elvis Hunky's daughter, Heather, is turning 18 and plans to use her newfound freedom by drinking and having sex. His son has transformed from an exact duplicate of him to a stereotypical wigger. And his wife has found a new interest in black men after viewing pictures in pornographic magazines. Captain Max seemingly dies after eating mushrooms from uh, that the co-pilot <laughs> officer Gaiman uses to soothe his genital crabs. <laughs> Nishan attempts to contact Gaiman, who is incapacitated after slipping near a hot tub, forcing Nishan to land the plane himself. Well, this is straight out of airplane. Nashawn yeah. lands the plane safely using the plane using the airplane stewardesses, uh, Blanca's, uh, who plays played by Sofia Vergara, flight knowledge, which she learned while having sex in the cockpit. Which was the, the uh, which was the saving grace of this movie. Yeah, by far. With the pilot on the other plane. The plane lands in the middle of Central Park instead of JFK, and the spinners are stolen from the plane. Nashawn reconciles with Giselle after earlier revealing to her that he only broke up with her so that she would not give up her college opportunities for him. The movie ends with Nishan telling the audience the fate of the crew. He claims that he and his girlfriend are back together, taking their relationship slow this time around. His cousin Muggsy has started a strip club and gambling casino located in another airplane similar to Nishan's plane. Elvis has begun a sexual relationship with Jamiqua, and his son Billy has become a major music video director, but has disappeared shortly after filming a Michael Jackson video. Wah, wah. Captain Mac later wakes up with both his hand with both his chain and clothing stolen. All right, Jason, how great is Soul Plane? It is not. Um, <laughs> it is not even good. Uh, like I said, it did have some. It did have some moments. Again, much, few, much like Booty Tang, they, they they sat there with a list and said, "What are just the worst things about African American and hip hop culture?" Okay, let's make fun of all of them. Yeah, in one movie. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's not very well done. You 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 have you have the people doing their best with the material, <laughs> but it it, does, it is not very well written. Uh, Grammarly could have definitely cleaned this script up some. Uh, it's a lot it, of comedians was, doing their bits. I mean, yeah, I was talking about more. But like, like, if you've ever seen Monique's comedy, what she does in the movie is basically her routine. She is a 
she is a big woman who's very sex positive and very loud and in your face. That's her character. That's her comedy. Yeah, it, it's basically you know that's a good observation. Um, it's mm -hmm. a bu bunch of com comics. I can't talk now. Bunch comics. Of <laughs> bunch of comics. Uh, bunch of comics uh, doing all their bits in the uh, structure mm -hmm. of a movie. Yeah. Um, and it's like, all right, let, let's have a checklist of things we must hit. Uh, yeah. Let's go, um, you know, gay culture check. Uh, <laughs> black guy, white woman check. Um, you know, it, it's just, you know, uh, Taliban check. Uh, you know, it, it's got, it, it goes down this checklist of, of, it reminds me a lot of, as a, and I'm going to say this, uh, a worse Hot Shots part do. Okay. Uh, and that movie's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but it's endearing. This movie has some endearing qualities, mm -hmm. not many. Um, trying to make Kevin Hart a straight, <laughs> uh, like not the comedic part. And yeah, he has to be like the heart of this film, and it's not yeah easy to him. <laughs> yeah, especially when he doesn't have like somebody well to play off of you know you yeah. got like a bunch of lower b c yeah. class um yeah he has to hold this whole thing up on his shoulders and he definitely works better like opposite someone like the rock yeah somebody that you know can match match his energy mm -hmm. there's nobody in this cast that can match his energy and like i said he's at the heart and trying to play the the sympathetic uh straight you know not the straight guy of not not sexually straight, but World, the yeah. straight the straight character. Right. Why everybody else gets to be the comedians? Uh, right. It doesn't work, and I think that's where a lot of this falls apart. Because letting Kevin Hart be Kevin Hart is where a movie excels. Mm -hmm. Make trying to make Kevin Hart carry a movie. Where everybody else gets to be, where everybody else gets to be funny, yeah, he has to be serious. Doesn't like he works well in Fatherhood, where he, where it's more of a drama with some funny parts to it, and he can be a dramatic actor, that. and which we reviewed on an earlier triple feature last year. And I think, I, look, Kevin Hart's a fine actor, and I think he can do drama when given the right opportunity. But you're right, when he has to be the one holding the whole thing up, and everybody else just gets to be funny around him. I mean, you go to a Kevin Hart movie because you think Kevin Hart's funny. Uh, and he doesn't get to be the funny one here. He's sort of the exasperated um, plane owner just running around putting out fires. And I guess that's funny to some people. I agree with you. I didn't love it either. I like I like I like him more like when he's bonding with Tom Arnold. Yeah, Tom where where he's got you know he's got some comedic lines, mm -hmm. and Tom Arnold gets to play the 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 serious role. Mm -hmm. um, and he can play off that. That's where he shines. But when he's playing, trying to play a serious role and everybody else, and he's trying to play off everybody else being silly, and he's trying to be serious, and he's trying to, you know, reconcile with an ex-love that mm -hmm. he just wanted to make sure. It, it, it falls apart. This movie is not good. It's all over the place. It's very yeah. disconjointed. It's one of those movies. This will be the last thing I say on it because I really, there's no need to go further than this. It is one of those movies where if you can appreciate where the humor is derived from and what it's making fun of, and you are 
more um, forgiving of the culture, flaws and all, you know, warts and all, then I think you'll you'll enjoy Soul Plane. This is not a movie meant to be dissected or picked apart or examined, thought about for more than a moment. This is one where it is a very visual experience. And either the shit you see on screen is funny to you or it isn't. Um, and that's it, you know, but as we say all the time, not everyone, not every single movie that, that gets made is, you know, supposed to say something deep and meaningful about the nature of man. Sometimes you just need to put a, you know, a litany of gags together with a loose, you know, with a, with a thin plot and let people enjoy themselves. And so I don't, uh, I don't have a problem. If we were doing an on trial, that's how I would defend soul plane. <clears throat> it knew the assignment. It accomplished the assignment. The assignment was not hard. Yeah, I mean, this is a pass-fail assignment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've covered just about everything. The And that's the common thread through all three of these movies is it's a bunch of running skits <laughs> that go on way too far, way too long. Uh, but it's not intellectual properties that you need to sit down and be thought-provoking. Yeah. Well, Jason, that is it. <clears throat> we did it. We did an entire month full of um, <coughs> we did an entire month full of podcasts dedicated to Black History Month and Black Cinema. How do you feel? Are you are you feeling right and proud? I feel I feel like uh, I need some Cavassier before I go to bed. <laughs> I I I personally am feeling too black, too strong. Yeah, I feel I feel like I need uh, I I need to go listen to some fight the power. Uh, That's right. Uh, and maybe, a li- say, uh. maybe maybe a little uh, public uh, public enemy nine one one's a joke. Uh, you know, a little try. You know, you know what we should twist. do. What's you know, what we should that? do. We should put on some beans and cornbread. Beans. Oh and my God! You want to start this shit again? Beans, not Don't start that shit again. <laughs> do not cornbread start that shit again. Now, That's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. Okay, uh, you can find me on the Second and Short podcast uh, on our YouTube channel, or uh, you know, right here on the W2M Network with me and Tyler Tyler Louder, uh, or covering our off-season buy, trade, sell, have lunch with, send a Christmas card to, buy or whatever. Sandwich. <laughs> you know, send a fish sandwich. Hey, that is a good one. It's, I want to slip that into the next show. I will buy there them a fish sandwich. Um, yeah, you can find us talking uh, all of our off-season dynasty uh, stuff. We're still going through our divisions. We got two left. So yeah, check that out. Um, my this is this is kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's been a whole month. I think. Well, listen, uh, you ginger motherfucker. You and me are well, going to be hanging out on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, we are, and we're reviewing a, a another cult classic. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, a cultural classic, as it were. Yeah, uh, it's it's classic some of some sort. Well, we're reviewing <laughs> the next time you'll see me here on the W2M Network with Mark. Uh, we're will be St. Patrick's Day when we're reviewing Leprechaun, uh, Jennifer Aniston's <laughs> first major movie role and her finest work to date. Yes, she <laughs> looks so young in that. Because she really does, like like a whole other person. Uh, but yeah, no fooling. We have a couple of shows lined up for St. Patrick's Week, and on St. Patrick's Day, Jason and I will do an on trial for Leprechaun. Because what what better movie to review on St. Patrick's Day? I've already done the Boondock Saints. I'm running out of material here. 
Um, but you can actually hear Jason Teasley on a whole bunch of different podcasts, whether he remembers he was on them or not. Uh, we actually just re-aired uh, Batman Hush. Uh, I remember that this, one. Leading up to this week's uh, re uh, reveal, re release, yes. rather, of The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. So Jason Teasley, uh, Ronnie Adams, and Jesse Starcher reviewed Hush. That aired uh, a little ways back. We re-aired it uh, yesterday. And um, he's probably done some more stuff uh, coming up, whether he realizes it or not. But yes, he'll definitely be on the Leprechaun show. As for me, um, when I'm when I get done here, I got to reset again. And allegedly, the guys from Life is Like a Game Show are going to come on, and we're going to talk quiz show. Uh, they've been hounding me to do this. And then we are we are into the stretch towards Batman. Like I said, Evan Bevins and Jesse Starcher are going to be reviewing White Knight. That'll be up uh, after this podcast tomorrow. Um, then on March 1st, uh, we do, we're going to be looking at the Batman, uh, the Burton years, Batman from 89 and then Batman Returns starring Michelle Pfeiffer. And then, um, a re-air of our Dark Knight trilogy review from Chris Nolan starring Christian Bale. And then on Thursday, we've got our reviews of, these are all re-airs, the animated Dark Knight movies that Sean and I looked at, Sean Comer. Um, on Friday, when the Batman actually comes out, uh, will be the last of the Batman stuff that I have in the can from years past. <laughs> it is the Batman, the animated series, Long Road to Ruin, we did for Volume 1. But we will pick back up again with some live stuff March 4th in the evening. Go see the Batman and then come hang out with us for you boxing fans. We'll be looking at the ESPN fight, Jose Ramirez versus Jose Pedraza. That'll be me and Dan Lans Lasby, rather. Uh, Friday, March 5th, we will have our Batman trivia that just got recorded. That's going to air uh, March 5th. And then in the evening, Dan Lasby and I are going to be doing another alternative commentary, this time UFC 272, Covington versus Masvidal. And then on Sunday, the 6th, we will be uh, re-airing a long road to ruin that we did for the Dollars Trilogy. Plus, we'll have some refreshings of some comic books that we did for Batman and some other stuff. Uh, we actually have our, we're going to refresh the Joker review we did from 2019, and then the Brian Azzarello Joker book from 2008, uh, and then our review of the Batman will be March 8th. So that's what we got coming up on the Rattleision Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed our discussion of black cinema, good, bad, and indifferent, check out our reviews. Um, we have an old re-air of the first three Shaft movies, then Jason and I did the two modern ones. We did um, Coffee. Blackula and Superfly. We did three Spike Lee movies, Do the Right Thing, Old Boy, and Malcolm X, and then these these ones tonight. So quite a collection here, Jason. Plus, Jason was on our Peacemaker review. So there's yeah. a whole lot of Jason this month. If you just love Jason Teasley, you could we couldn't get enough of him in the month of February. February belongs to the Protocol Sun. And I will get my soul back, even though gingers are not supposed to have souls. Uh once we wrap up here, my soul will return to my body and it will store away until probably in the March. Go eat, then, yourself a, go eat yourself a fish sandwich there, bud. Yeah, I'm going to go get me a filet of fish and some cavassier and uh, call it a night. All right, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Triple Feature. For Jason Teasley, I'm Mark Radlich. Be well, be safe, and behave.